Next on BYU Sports Nation, does BYU have to beat UCF? Former BYU safety Andrew Rich tells us how the secondary gets better. Plus, UCF play-by-play Mark Daniels on the night offense. And it's a Logan takeover. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan. It's time for sports, people. BYU Sports Nation is on your radio, TV, and many other media machines. Xbox, 360, Roku, all that stuff. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Wednesday, October 8th, Jerem Jordan, alongside Brian Logan, who has never, ever worn a large shirt in his life. No, this is this is medium and it's not a <laughs> I, it's an extra medium because it's not slim fit. Usually I'm good if I just get a slim fit medium, but I had to get a extra medium because of the the lack of slim fit. So have you ever worn a large shirt like like pajamas maybe? Uh, like a year ago or something? Yeah, you know what? Actually, I was actually about 30 pounds, 25 pounds heavier than what I am now. When? When I was playing Really? I was, I was about 185, 190. I'm like 170, 168 ish. Wow. Yeah, my wife always makes fun of me. Your shirts are too small. I don't, I don't like it. Put some, put some She's real, folding put some, it up. She's like, is this Layton's or yours? Are this mine? Your three year old Layton? Is it, it that happen, his? It, it happens, man. Yeah. It happens. I just got to show the biceps off. That's all it is. It is a Wednesday. It is game day eve. Spencer Linton out today. He's on his way to Orlando to cover the game for BYU Sports Nation. And countdown to kickoff. Excited to hear from him tomorrow on the show. Uh, humidity going to play a factor in the game. High 80s. Uh, get, your pedia, pedia light. get your Pedialyte. <laughs> I thought Pedialyte was for, like, I, I give my baby Pickle juice. Pickle juice is. Bananas. I know this for a fact, and this is of interest to BYU fans. There's no pickle juice with the BYU team. There used to be. What? I used to have my own bottle. It said, like, Brian Logan. Right. You guys used to use it. Yeah. They don't use it now. Do you li- did you like it? Oh, it was horrible, man. It was but did disgusting. you like it? Oh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. what it did. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. I, you had cramps, you take some pickle juice, take a couple shots of pickle juice, and you're good. You're ready to go. P- pickle juice mixed with Gatorade, your Powerade, you're good. Had you you're ever good. heard of pickle juice, like consumption related to hydration prior to BYU? Uh, no, our, I didn't. The assumption for me is that like that's like a Mormon thing. Like, oh, yeah, the pioneers used to do it in Utah. That's That was the origins of oh, I didn't know pickle that. juice. I didn't, I didn't know that. that they, no, they, I'm dead day. serious with this. They, the Mormon pioneers would be out in the field. This is a long time ago. And they'd get cramps because it'd get really hot and, de- mm-hmm. and they drink pickle juice. Wow. I did not know that. But yeah, it, it, it works. I remember. It's a serious after thing. U- after, after Utah, when I, in 2009, I, I left the game for a couple of, of series because of cramps and pickle juice, man, they were just drowning me in pickle juice. After the game, I no smelled like pickle juice. S- no one's ever said that sentence in the history of the world before. <laughs> Join our conversation 24 7 using the hashtag BYUSN about pickle juice or whatever you want with today's Twitter question, which is this. What is a realistic expectation for BYU at UCF? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Our first tweet is fantastic. At Scott M. Uh, Gower. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Gower. Gower. I have no idea. The end. I like that. That's accurate. That is accurate. We have no idea. We'll tell you what we think is going to happen. But ultimately. Just opi- it's just opinion. But I, who really knows? We don't know what's going to happen. Everything is up in the air. BYU Sports Nation is simulcast in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Why BYU doesn't have to win at UCS? Say what? What? Now that I have your attention, let's chat for a minute. Let's talk big picture for the rest of the season. Take a step back. Prior to the season, 
We had a Twitter question one day where we discussed the following. What is the most dangerous game on BYU's schedule? This, this game We right decided here. UCF. This game right Some people here. felt otherwise. We thought UCF. Let's, let's discuss the situation BYU was in before the season with Taysom Hill. Great. Thursday night after Utah State. Short week. Two short, days of prep, week. basically. East uh, Coast. East Coast. Humidity. All that. That's with Taysom Hill. Now BYU does not have Taysom Hill. How much harder is this game going to be to win? If BYU wins this game, Brian, it's a really, really big celebration. Celebration at Jerem's house. Yeah, it'll be it'll be crazy. The pickle juice, so many popsicles. It'll be crazy. It would be a really big win for BYU given the circumstances without Taysom Hill. It it would be. It would be. It would. I mean, they're coming into this game as an underdog, so it's almost like an upset, right? Well, you guys aren't supposed to win. Wow. We, 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 we kind of snatched one here. In perception and reality. Yeah. You know, I actually, when the, the, after the first few games, after beating Texas, beating UConn, I thought this was going to be a shoe. And I said, oh, this is not going to be a, a, an issue anymore as far as talent and, and, you know, a big game. I just, my biggest fear was just flying to the East Coast. Right, in, in a short week. That was my biggest fear. And in a short week? But Flying yeah, to the East Coast is not a big deal. Now, it's the short week. Now, you know, now with Taysom, I'm like, oh, yep, this is circling. I'm circling this back on. See, I circled it. I erased it. <laughs> I circled it, it again. Yeah, a lot of whiteout used on <laughs> right. the schedule for you. Uh, you mentioned that BYU, uh, it would be an upset. Yep. That's actual reality, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Three and a half. BYU's a three and a half point underdog to UCF. That's the first time BYU has not been favored. You're not dancing, man. In a game this season. Spencer's the dancer. I always got to cut you and Spencer. You guys don't dance anymore? Okay, I'm going to stop dancing. Oh, Spe- well, whatever Spencer does. Yeah, okay. Spencer was it's in an sync video in it. high school. I was not in such. He looks like he could be an sync. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> he does look like one of those. Love guys. you, Spencer. Okay, so BYU's an underdog. The situation has changed, obviously. Christian Stewart, number one storyline going into the game. Yep. What will we see? Will BYU improve the pass rush and the secondary play? In two days of prep, more on that later. Will BYU address the penalties? To me, Brian, to me, and this is going to sound weird, BYU does not have to win the game. If BYU's competitive and looks good and moves the ball and the defense plays better, I'm encouraged because... Of what it means for the rest of the season. Say what? I want BYU to win, of Say course. what? If BYU wins, that makes everything a lot easier. But if BYU looks good in a close loss, I'm, I'm not good with that, but I'd be okay with it. No. I'm shaking my head right now No, while I'm saying no. Thanks, Jar Jar. No. <laughs> what? That was a good one. Why wouldn't you be okay with it? I, 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 don't, I don't like it, man. They, as, but as, the situation this is, is a, so this tough. This is from a player's perspective okay right this is from a player's perspective alone L- losing the best player in the entire universe and Taysom Hill your your confidence already drops yes right you know that I you know as a player I can go to battle and feel extremely confident because I know this guy is going to win the game if he needs to I'm gonna play my role I'm gonna do uh, and enough to uh, you know, put myself in a situation, put my teammates in a situation, but most importantly, put the best player in the universe, put him in a situation to take over the game. Without him, your confidence drops a little bit, right? Then you play Utah State, you know, in-state rival. You lose for the first time since what? 90, 78 70, 70, in 70, Provo. 78, where most of us weren't even born, right, yet. 
And then you're all like, the oh, people man, born how, before that were like, I was born. Right. <laughs> most, most of the people on the team, team perspective here. Every single person on the team. team. Per- I'm talking like I'm a team. I'm, I'm on the team right okay. now. That's that's what, that's, that's, that's what I'm, I'm team coming team? from. Team what team? Team. Team. And so you're, you're embarrassed, right? You lose. You, you, got, you have all this hype. You have all this pressure. You lose. And to, to an instant rival, you're embarrassed, right, on national TV. So what happens? Your morale, confidence goes down a little bit more. Right, and then so you have a bounce back game, a game that you can bounce back from. You go to Central Florida and you lose again. Then what happens? You take that confidence, you take that moral, and you it goes down another notch, if not five more notches. So now you are you at a ten before the game with all the things that happen. Now you're at maybe like a three if you lose this game. But don't doesn't the season reset in a way where it's like you you can connect the two games, but it's. It's almost a new season now, right? Well, it feels is, like game one. This is the thing. This is the thing. In 2010, we, we, we kind of went through the same situation. Yes. We, uh, beat, we beat Washington, right? You're 1-0. and You get ranked yep. 24th. You play at Air Force. The beginning of the end. Yep. With yeah, the losing streak. The beginning of the end. Yeah. Lose Air Force on 9-11, by the way. They were, they, were, they were stoked. They were juiced. They were ready for us. Then we traveled to Florida State, right? And then we... Jay Keeps yep. takes over. Riley's hurt. Yep. Riley's hurt. Uh, then we get the business, hand it to us. <laughs> it was business time for, 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 for Florida State. Then we come back home and we play Nevada, right? Which Colin Kaepernick, you know. I've heard of him. Ran for, you know, plays for the 49ers. Starts for the 49ers right now. Wait, Second round draft pick. Ran for like 1,250 million, billion, trillion yards on this. Didn't in, even pass. In the first half. In the first half. And then we go to Utah State and we lose, right, for the first time in, again, a million years. Since 93. So, so really embarrassing. And as you see, right, we lost four games. And it got worse. And in that locker room, it got worse and worse and worse. Thank God for Coach Mendenhall. Really, really. I, 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 really, I really am blessed that Coach Mendenhall was able to take over the defense. And, and we had a new hope. And and we had a new vision, we had new passion, and then we went on to win, you know, six out of six out of seven games in the in the bowl game. You go seven uh, and six. Yeah. Uh, you know, hope hope renewed. You hope go into twenty eleven, and then got crazy. And see, and that's the thing is that ten win season. We, if we, we we lost right to Air Force, and we were like, oh no, it's over, it's over. All this pressure. We were like, yeah, I don't know what to do. And then it kept getting worse and worse. It sounded worse. pretty desperate. It, it was bad, man. <laughs> it got worse and worse and worse, right? And then, so, so you look at this, to tie it back, right, to this team. If they lose, they lost last game, they lose this game, what happens to the next game, right? What happens to the next game after that? But if they win, now the hope is restored. Just like when Coach Mendenhall took over, wow, Christian Stewart, let's say Christian Stewart does a good, has a good game. Now the confidence is in him. Now they have a new leader in, in Christian Stewart. And now they feel, they, they feel you know, uh, uh, Overwhelmed with with joy, and and they're they're saying we can do this. Yes, we yes. can go undefeated. We can that, do this. That's, that's why it's a big deal for them to win this game from a player standpoint. Yes, I agree with you for 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 a fan stand, a fan's point of view because like you said, so it's must win for the players. For the players, it's a must win. For wow. the, for okay. the for the fans, it's like yeah, we you know we can still win. X amount of games, and we could still be ranked in the top 15, ten, you know. Ten wins, bowl win, get ranked. Yeah. Those are the goals of BYU football. Yep. All of those intact if they continue to win out. I, I, they could finish with two losses, I think, and still maybe be ranked. But it's you're right. It's, it's a big game. What do you wait, wait, think? What did you say? You said I was right. Can you say that again? No. <laughs> you're right. It's <laughs> a big game. That? No. No. 
I'm not okay with losing. I, I, I'm not okay with losing. But in this situation, this is as hard as it gets for BYU. What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? What's the realistic expectation for BYU at UCF? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. This one full of snark, at, so I appreciate it a lot, at Foof's <laughs> Chili Plate. Ooh. My realistic expectation is that they'll be in the stadium at game time. Nothing beyond that, but I'll keep watching. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's going to be interesting Thursday night. At JMan426, BYU will win. The defense will step up and Stewart will have a good game. He had 172 yards in the small amount of time he played Friday. Amen, brother. At TNCom86, whom I met on Friday. At, realis- uh, at realistic. Realistic expectations is that the offense can still move the ball and win this game. That yes. is the biggest question to me. Bigger than the defense to me is can Christian Stewart lead this offense to points? Can he move the ball? Yes is the answer, but will we see it? Will we? Yeah. Can yeah. he? Yes. We saw it in fall camp. Yes. He was good. Will he? Will he? At Dr. Steve Best. UCF offense is struggling at quarterback. BYU keeps them to three or fewer scores. BYU offense comes out strong four scores in seven years ago. I don't even care how BYU does it, but if BYU wins... That's big time. Oh, yeah. I don't care if they win by a point. I don't care if they win by point three, point two. Two zero would be fine with me. No, it wouldn't. Yes. yes. How does BYU improve its secondary in just two days? We'll ask former safety Andrew Rich coming up next. And later, UCF play-by-play Mark Daniels. They might have a different quarterback. Keep your eyes on the prize. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Jerome Jordan and B-Lo, live from Studio B at the BYU Broadcasting Building, in Provo, the home of the Cougars. Follow the show on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation. If you enjoyed Brian Logan on After Further Review last night, you could check that out online on demand. You can also see Brian and the guys tomorrow night, 6.30 Eastern time. That's the afternoon for yes. uh, the Mountain and Pacific time, people. Countdown to kickoff. Spencer Linton live from Orlando uh, in the stadium as, B- as UCF and BYU prepare to get going. We'll get you ready for that one. Game day. Yeah, I love game day. And I'm glad it's a Thursday, honestly. Redemption Thursday. I- Saturday would have been nice. BYU has more time to prep, get Christian Stewart ready. But yeah. two days, it's almost like, yeah, let's just play the next one. Let's just get, let's let's just get just it over with. Let's just, let's, just, let's just go right now. Today's Twitter question, what's a realistic expectation for BYU at UCF? Keep those coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Now joining us, former BYU safety, a guy who played with the Arizona Cardinals in the NFL for a time as well, and former teammate of one Brian Logan, Andrew Rich is on the program. Andrew, what's up? What's up, guys? Going on, deuce, deuce. That's what we call it. What's them. up, deuce, deuce, B-Lo. deuce, deuce. For twenty-two, deuce, deuce. Yep. Yeah. Twenty-two. That's a nickname. It. We all got nicknames. What deuce, was, deuce. What was your nickname, Brian? What was my nickname, Andrew? What'd you guys call me? B-Log. 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 B-Log is someone else that we've discovered. There's B-Log. Uh, B-Logan. B-Log. <laughs> Andrew, let's let's get to the pressing question on a lot of people's minds with BYU defensively. One is pass rush, but but two is the secondary. Got beat over the top. They've got some skilled guys. What what's going to be the difference you think for BYU in the secondary? Uh, you know, I think cleaning up. Uh, you know, just just back to the basics, fundamentals. Uh, just being a little bit more cerebral um, with you know the way that you watch film and and just knowing how teams are going to try to exploit you. Um, knowing that teams in the past have had a hard time driving the ball the length of the field, that they rely a lot on big big plays, double moves, stuff like that. Just trying to remember, um, you know, what I think, you know, the great the greatest players know the, the biggest weaknesses and trying to remove those from, you know, the offensive, uh, you know, the offensive team. So 
What's, what do you think BYU's biggest weekend, weakness in the secondary is that they need to address? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a solid defense. I think um, the biggest weakness or the, the, the place where they could get exploited was, is eyes in the backfield, maybe playing a little bit too aggressive and, you know, running running double moves like we saw on Friday night. So, I'm, you know, I, I kind of expect that. If I was playing against BYU's defense, I would try to do this, the same thing. Um, so... I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that thinks that. Yeah, it's definitely hard. You know, as as a as a fan, you wanna you want your defense and your, especially your secondary to be aggressive. You know, uh, drive on those on those 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 slants, those outs, and those hitches. But it can come back to to bite you. Uh, Andrew, a lot of fans um, and, and people around the community are kind of just scratching their heads, saying, "We thought this was supposed to be one of the best secondaries uh, that 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 Coach Mendenhall has ever coached." Um, but now we're not really seeing that. Do you think this is more of a, a talent issue or just those fundamentals and, and, and the technique? Um, you know, I, I, I think that from a tool set perspective, I think those guys have all the, you know, have all the tools necessary. You know, you know like everyone says, I think across the board they're as talented as, as a lot of the secondaries that have been through uh, the program. You know, when I look back at some of the most – you know the, the best players to to play. You know, um, you know in the secondary they've they have a way of of you know fool me once okay, but fool me twice. You know that's that's my issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know if you get beat once that that's one thing, but but you know you can't you can't continue to get beat on the same kind of concept. So um, the great part about football is they they have a chance to play on. Thursday night and redeem themselves and and uh, kind of put this one in the in the rearview mirror, rear mirror, learn from it and and uh, know that teams in the in the future are going to be trying to do the same thing. I think that our, the the best players, the best secondary players, were guys that uh, came from from J, the JC ranks. I'm, you know, yep. I'm just the two I'm just, of you just, are those examples. <laughs> How do you just, know? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, why, you look, you look back. Why is that, Brian? It's just, you know, stats don't lie, Andrew. You could tell them. You know, you know. No, but I, I the really, really, you, you have a, you have a year under your belt. You know, when you when you're coming from a JC, um, you know, the, the game is a little bit slower when you come. You know, from that jump, uh, and you, you're more hungry. You're more aggressive. So you yeah, know, Andrew can Andrew can tell you. Andrew has a has a great story coming from from JC, passing up you know some offers like Cal. Uh, to come play for Coach Mendenhall, so uh, got a little bit more experience. Why do you yep. think that is, Andrew? Um, y- you know, you know, I-, I don't know how it was for Brian, but you know, when I when I didn't really have too many offers coming out of high school, I was certainly disappointed and had a uh, attitude like I'll, I'll show you, and then yep. uh, a year full of riding on sixteen-hour bus rides to playing games and then <laughs> having a $5 per diem to eat something before the game and Why try to figure buy, out. Buying your own cleats? Yeah, yeah buying your own, own cleats. I mean, honestly, I would not even pick up my per diem, my $5 per diem, because I thought it was a joke. I'm like, man, just, <laughs> if we're in that big of trouble, just give the money back to the program. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's experiences like those that kind of make you appreciate what you have at a place like BYU where you have all the cleats and gloves and jerseys and you're on plane rides and escorts to playing games. Um, you know, I, it really just makes you appreciate every snap that you have and, and uh, the opportunity. And, and not to say that the guys that are full scholarship, you know, play D1 schools their whole careers don't really get that, but at the right. same time they don't because they've never, they've never had cramps 
you know, on a 16-hour bus ride coming home uh, from a game. <laughs> so, Sleep, sleeping. That sounds take, fun. And, you know, or, take, or how about two-a-days having to keep your tape on your ankles for both practices? Right. Oh, wow. The struggle is real, people. Wow. We, we, <laughs> can talk, we can talk a whole show it's about that. It's real. Uh, we, should write a, we should write a book one day, Andrew. Uh, yeah, hashtag right. JC problems. Right. That's what's going JC on right props. Now. Uh, Andrew Rich is on BYU Sports Nation. Let's ask you the Twitter question. What's a realistic expectation for BYU at UCF? Um, you know, and I'm I'm obviously extremely biased, and I I, I love uh, I I kind of get the feel that Coach Minahal and the staff and the players have uh, you know kind of look at this like a great opportunity to go out and kind of reprove themselves. It's almost like it's a new season because of you know the taste of injury, and I think we have you know some really some really good leaders on the team that will step up. Um, you know, I think a realistic expectation is a win. I don't care by how many, whether it's a half point or a full point or 10 points. Um, yep. You know, I expect, I expect BYU to win. I've watched, I watched the UCF uh, Houston game. And I think Horrible. that, yeah, I think yeah. we're better. I think we're a better <laughs> team than them. You know, I don't, and that's just the way that I think. I think Christian Stewart's a great leader. I think that, uh, I think he's going to, you know, continue to improve, and and uh, hopefully the guys come out trying to get ejected because they're knocking people out. I know you guys trained with Christian Stewart. I want to say what off his mission he played in '08. David Nixon was like, "That was my scout squad quarterback," and now he's the starter. <laughs> you guys have some experience with Christian Stewart, and you just said you think he's a great leader. Uh, tell us about the experiences you've had with Christian to make you say that. Yeah, so. Uh, Brian and I trained with him, and he was getting ready to go down to Snow College. And I remember, you know, having several conversations. He always wanted to be at BYU, and uh, even when he went down to Snow and played well, BYU, you know, didn't show as much interest in him as some other schools. But you know, he knew that that's where he wanted to play. And I just remember having conversations with him, like, man, you're always just one play away from 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 being in there and, you know, give that it a chance. true now. Yep. And, and uh, you know, here he is uh, starting. And, you know, he's always been a hard worker. He's a good kid. That You know, people respect him by the way that he works and carries himself. And so, you know, I, I, I just, uh, you know, as sad as, as sad as I am for Taysom because, man, what a special player with having a special year. I mean, it's another opportunity for a guy to step up and make a name for himself. And, and uh, the other team, I promise, doesn't feel bad for BYU. Uh, and so there's really no time to feel sorry for yourself. It's, you know, on to the next one, and, and we're going to do what we can to win. So, Andrew, a lot, of, a lot of people are wondering if the offense will change because there's a, you know, there, there's a, there's a drop-off from Taysom Hill and his athleticism to, to Christian Stewart. But I, I don't think there's, uh, you know, not, not too much of a drop-off. I don't think it's day and night. I think this kid is, is really, really athletic. And it just goes back to when we were working out with each other. You know, him always, you know, being one of the, the first guys to, uh, you know, uh, win in a competition from, from weights to, to, to conditioning drills to agility drills. Tell tell the tell the fans how athletic this kid really is. Yeah, I mean, from a from a throwing perspective, I don't think I need to explain that. You guys saw on Friday night the way that he can throw the ball. Um, you know, it, it's funny because you watch a guy like Taysom and you know run the ball, and then you saw Christian keep a few, and it was almost like we expected to see Taysom. Yeah. Um, and so maybe maybe first glance you think, well, this kid isn't as athletic, but 
you know, I, I would I would argue that he he's very athletic. You know, he, of course he's not Taysom. I don't think anyone in the country's Taysom, but right. I think he uh, I think he fits the role well. You know, if I were him, I would probably hand the ball off a little bit more um, than Taysom did. But uh, <laughs> he said that Monday, I'll probably not be keeping as much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you think about the running backs that we have. There's really no reason not to hand the ball off unless right. that unless that guy that's reading the zone the zone read is completely crashing. Um, but you know, I, I think he he makes good decisions on the on the edge, and and will uh, I'm sure he'll have a, fir- a few you know long runs tomorrow, probably 10, 15 yard. Little scampers, no sixty yarders like Taysom, but but uh, I think he'll get the job done. Andrew, who did who did he dunk on? I know you guys would play basketball after we we worked out, you know, with 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 Harvey. Uh, I didn't want to play. I didn't want to embarrass you guys, you know, somebody that was half your size. You, you were but playing libero he, with the volleyball I, team. That's what I was doing. Actually, yeah. I had class. That's why, that's why I had to leave. <laughs> I, I, I I can't remember. I think you guys said he was dunking on somebody. Somebody got dunked on after a workout. You know that that what I experienced. Is it it wasn't no no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it actually wasn't Christian. It was a, a kid named Griffin Miller who oh, okay. played. Yeah, he he had played at Tempview. Just make it he up. He took man. off outside. Yeah, he took off outside the key and and put one in Pitta's face. In Pitta's uh, face. Pitta's. Yeah, that's probably the most upset I've wow. seen Dennis in my honestly my whole life. Uh, so that was that was pretty amazing. I, I should have just said it was Christian, but it wasn't. <laughs> you should have. You should have. It's uh, all good. Andrew Rich is on BYU Sports Nation uh, talking about the secondary and Christian Stewart. A lot, a lot uh, is going to happen Thursday that's going to play into the perception of how BYU is going to do the rest of the season. Do you, and you said you expect BYU to win. Do you think BYU needs to win, or can they be competitive and look good and feel good in a loss? Um, no, I don't, I don't think you can look good and feel good in a loss. Um, given the circumstances, even given the circumstance, I mean, if you're going to be number 18 in the country, it better not be hanging on one guy. Um, good point. And and if that was the case, then we were never that good. Yep. Um, and so, you know, in my in my opinion, and I think probably the coaches and the team is approaching it the same way that uh, there's really no option to lose, and it doesn't. You know, it's not like, hey, if we play them competitive, we've we've done what what we were supposed to do. Uh, supposed to do. I'm telling you right now, Coach Benahall and his staff does not think that. Um, and you know, I I wouldn't be satisfied with a three point loss at UCF. Um, I, I just wouldn't. I think we're a better team than them in with or without Taysom. I love it. Great yeah. perspective, uh, Great especially from the players' uh, perspective. Andrew, we appreciate the time. Good luck with everything. Thank you, Deuce Deuce. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have some gushers for me. Be Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right. All right. See you. Thanks, Andrew. Andrew Rich, great points. And, great and points. You, you spoke on the player's perspective, and he reiterated that with his, there is no option to lose. No option. The, the, mm-hmm. the framework from which I come from is just analyzing the whole season, looking right. at it. But right. ultimately, it's up to those guys. It's, it's not yeah, up to me or any of the fans. Nope, nope. There's up, no option to it's lose. It's up to the players. I love it. The players. Next, we get to know the foe better with Knights play-by-play Mark Daniels. Does UCF have questions at quarterback? Yep. BYU Sports Nation. I'm Scott Arlano, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Jeremy Jordan and Brian Logan in Radio Vision, BYU Radio and BYU TV. Hey, coming up tomorrow, 8 Eastern, women's soccer versus Portland. Huge WCC matchup for the ladies who continue to 
to win and score goals. Got a big win at San Diego on Friday. Nice. That's 8 Eastern time tomorrow on BYU TV. We've been talking about BYU and UCF. Big questions going in for the Cougars. Now for the UCF side of it, we're now joined by the play-by-play, the voice of the Knights, Mark Daniels, returning to BYU Sports Nation. Mark, how's it going in Florida today? It's nice, beautiful, sunny, hot, 80 degrees, typical uh, Orlando day. Absolutely. And uh, tomorrow look or tomorrow looks to be uh, that way. Any will the humidity play a role in this with BYU traveling from Utah? I don't know. I mean, uh, I think sometimes we get caught up in thinking it's a big deal. I think if you play an afternoon game at noon in Orlando and you come down from the Northeast or, you know, different regions of the country and you're not used to it, the humidity can be a factor. But, you know, nighttime is, you know, I, I think it's cooler from a standpoint of just the humidity and temperature. I, I, I don't think it'd be a factor. It's that's, all mental anyway, yeah. man. It's, it's, it's in a player's head. That's the elevation question that we always deal with in Utah. I had to do the humidity question uh, leading. Mark, what's the vibe right now with this UCF team after a, a win against Houston, where Greg Ward fumbles into the end zone? You could be three and one. You could be one and three or two and two right now. Yeah, clearly, you know, uh, two and two is better than uh, what the alternative was. UCF got the first two games at last second field goal by you know Penn State and Ireland, and then mm-hmm. you know, playing a pretty good Missouri team. And but uh, two wins are nice. Beat Bethune Cookman, and then the step up in class against Houston. It was a first conference game, so it's nice to win that. And nice step up in class again against BYU. So I think UCF feels better about itself. I think it's starting to feel really good about its defense, which is beginning to play the level that they thought it would be at the beginning of the year. It really struggled to get a pass rush the first two games. Now eleven sacks in the last two games, and offensively, just trying to find a rhythm. It's been tough, and and. Uh, you know, Justin Holman is the starting quarterback, and yet Justin's got to perform better. He's got to be able to get the ball to UCF's talented wide receivers. And just 12 completions the last two weeks for UCF uh, in two football games. And there's too much talented wide receiver for that. So Justin's got to get off to a good start. He was 6 of 18 against Houston, and uh, he just missed some plays that were there. And George Larry's made it very clear, you know, it's, it, 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 it's a position you've got to perform. If not, then we'll find somebody else. Yeah, Mark, that's that's got to be super frustrating for fans, uh, knowing that you guys have Rashad Perryman with you know nine catches, two hundred and fifty-eight yards, averaging twenty-eight point seven yards a catch and two touchdowns, and just not being able to supply him with the ball. Is there a chance that we could potentially see Nick Petty, third-string quarterback, uh, play? Uh, yeah, it's possible. I mean, Nick has made himself, uh, you know, now a, a number two quarterback that is pressing for playing time. I mean, George O'Leary is a big believer that you compete during the week. I mean, you're certainly preparing for your next opponent, but he believes in competition to practice. Um, heck, a, a couple of weeks ago, he started a, a guy that was a third string kicker because he had the best week. And I mean, UCF's number one kicker is going to be the school's all-time leading scorer. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, he showed nice. an, an ability of saying, earn your job on a weekly basis. But Justin has to perform better. I mean, he's got all the tools. He's 6'4", he's 235, he can run, he's got a cannon for an arm, but you've got to be consistent at that position. And UCF's strongest position is wide receiver, and they've got to get the ball in the hands of not just Bichard Perriman, but Rennell Hall and J.J. Ward and Josh Reese. You know, think about Perriman, you bring up that he's averaging 29 yards to catch. I think George Adrie would take an average of 20 yards a catch, but it means he's getting the ball more. Give me, yeah. give me the 60, 70 yard, or give me a few 15s and, and, and 18 yard catches as well. Right. right. Why, why aren't those receivers getting the ball? What's, what's the issue? Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's experience for Justin. I mean, he, you know, he, he's only got three starts under his belt. Uh, plus, UCF has started four different offensive lines in four games, mm. a combination of injuries and a combination of inefficient play. 
And uh, based on what the health of one player is, it could be a fifth different offensive line that starts the football game tomorrow. So you take that with a pass rush that's kind of closing that pocket. You've got an inexperienced quarterback that has talent but just needs more snaps, and suddenly you're not as confident that that pocket's going to be there for that extra read. And then maybe you locked in on somebody. So those are things that UCF has pointed out to Justin. Coach O'Leary said in his weekly show last night, look, He's a talented quarterback. He's working hard. They took advantage of you know, the week to watch film and show him, look, here's three plays where that second option is wide open, and it's a better pass than that first option. If you hit that second option, that's 15 yards at least, and you're hoping that he begins to see the field. And as you guys know, sometimes for freshmen or for first-time starters, the, the, the game's so fast, and it's got to yep. slow down so you see things. And I think that's what's happening with Justin. But, you know, it's possible Nick Patty gets a chance to – to play and you know Nick doesn't have many reps in games but he's worked hard in practice and it's about execution and then someone's got to get the ball in the hands of UCF wide receivers because it's too much talent among that senior group to, oh, to yeah. not be able to yeah. get them opportunities yeah Mark we, we definitely understand uh the, the the progression you know with Taysom Hill his first year compared to this year coming in and yeah. him being able to to read his progressions really looked like the game slowed down for him he had more of a, a pocket presence pocket awareness but going into this game, we obviously all know that, that Taysom isn't going to be available. Uh, what is the, the perception um, of this BYU team now that Taysom is, is out? Well, first, Coach O'Leary said a couple times this week, again during a show last night, that Taysom Hill wasn't a good player. He was a great player. And Coach doesn't say that that much about players. He just had great respect for um, him as a football player, not just uh, you know the quarterback position, but the type of leader that he was. But at the same time, you know, the – they understand Christian Stewart's uh, got some experience uh, uh, playing the position before, got some game experience after the injury uh, last week. But, uh, you know, as Coach O'Leary said, BYU's offense is far more than one player. There's respect for running backs, uh, you know, big bruising fullback and talented wide receivers. We saw Jordan Leslie during his time at UTEP and every yeah, there. And as Coach O'Leary said, yeah, you know, as Coach O'Leary said, that, you know, Coach Mendenhall's got a system that has clearly worked for BYU. And even though you lose a valuable player, um, in the Hill, you have respect for the other players that are out there. So UCF knows the, the, the BYU's offense is far more than one player and, uh, you know, does not at all take BYU lightly. And, then, you know, from, from a defensive standpoint, understand, so some BYU's given up less than 100 yards in the ground and UCF needs to run the football better. So um, just because BYU has lost a very talented player, there's no lack of respect for the opponent. Mark Daniels, the UCF play-by-play is on BYU Sports Nation. What's the strength of UCF football right now? Uh, well, you talk about this team, it's a defense right now that's allowed uh, one touchdown in the last eight quarters, um, kept Houston out of the end zone, which is something that hasn't happened for Houston in quite some time, and um, has starting to click the way UCF anticipated. Their back seven was the strength coming in. They really didn't have much of a pass rush last year because of so many injuries, and didn't have a pass rush the first two games this year, but 11 sacks the last two weeks. Thomas Niles is probably the best pass rusher. He's got a sack in five straight games going back to the Fiesta Bowl. Jarrell Mamiya, who's a junior college transfer, had three sacks the last game. So they finally started to get some pressure. And really, guys, what they did is they just rolled people in and out. I mean, it's not the same four guys. UCF will play eight, nine guys. UCF will play defensive ends at tackle. They will play outside linebacker, defensive ends. On third down, they like to put what they would call their rush line in, which sometimes equals three defensive ends and an outside linebacker. 
and it's been able to get some pressure just to cause some havoc for quarterbacks. And I think that's where their defense has gotten better. They've got plenty of experience in secondaries, all seniors. They've been able to pick the ball off the last couple of games. Uh, linebacker Terrence Plummers led the team in tackles the last couple of years. He's playing at you know the level they anticipated. So their defense has played really well. They just got to get some consistency in offense. Mark, what's the outlook in the American right now, uh, especially with East Carolina newcomers jumped out, kind of the G5 leader, but UCF still with the chance to win the American. It's early. Yeah, it's an interesting race. It's very early. We played this one conference game. There's great respect for East Carolina at the moment. It looks like they're mirroring what UCF did last year. Their yeah, lone yeah. loss was to South mm-hmm. Carolina, who we lost to. They've had some nice wins beating Virginia Tech, although each week North Carolina plays, that win looks weaker. And <laughs> she looks terrible. But, um, you know, quarterback that's kind of come on the scene. So great respect for what they've done. You know, UCF got a big road win, and, and it was so critical for so many reasons. And it's no disrespect to upcoming opponents, but after the BYU football game, UCF's got a number of games that are winnable. I mean, they've got Tulane, Temple, UConn, Tulsa, SMU, and then, uh, you know, rival USF for East Carolina. So there's a bunch of winnable games that lies ahead. But the Americans are interesting. I mean, listen, you can't kid people. The bottom part of the league is not very good. It's got a lot of work to do. The top part, you know, is interesting what's emerging. I think East Carolina is going to be a player. I think UCF is going to be a player. I'll tell you, the team that's kind of emerged here is Memphis. I mean, we saw Memphis last year. We survived with a fourth down, I mean, with a late pick to, to, to beat them. They brought back everybody. Got a nice win at Cincinnati, just destroyed them. They don't play East Carolina. They don't play us. So Memphis has the easiest schedule of anybody uh, the rest of the way. So I think between East Carolina, UCF, Memphis, Cincinnati, I think uh, depends on how long Keel's out. Um, they will probably battle for the conference. And, you know, for UCF, everything that they want is still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a tough game against BYU tomorrow. If you can win, and it's an if, you know, and then you can take care of business in the conference. This whole thing about who gets the group of five slot and access bowl. Yep. And I know Marshall's sitting there undefeated, but at some point you hope a committee respects the quality of a non-conference schedule. And while UCF did not beat Penn State, didn't beat Missouri, I think a win over BYU is certainly very respectable if that happens. And if you can run the table in the conference, so, you know, that still may be there. But obviously focus is on tomorrow night's game first. Mark Daniels, the UCF play-by-play is on BYU Sports Nation as we get set for the Knights and Cougars tomorrow night on ESPN, 7.30 Eastern time. You can watch Countdown to Kickoff an hour before that right here on BYU TV. Our Twitter question today is what's your realistic expectation for UCF and BYU? What do you expect to happen tomorrow? Well, I think BYU is going to play a good game. Obviously, you lose a star player and you wonder how your team responds. And I'm of the belief that the team that is in that situation that goes on the road probably bonds better to kind of get away from maybe the hometown noise of, oh, is the season over and things like that. So I think BYU is going to come and, and, and I expect them to play a very good football game. And I think right now, even though BYU's defense has given up some yards passing, it's a struggle for UCF. So kind of what our weakness is, you know, maybe at the right time for BYU. I think UCF has to run the football, which would be a challenge against BYU's defense. William Stanback, maybe for the first time, is healthy. He's not been healthy the first four games of the running back spot. Mm. And then clearly I think UCF will try to do things to disrupt Christian Stewart. You don't want to let him get comfortable, you know, his you know start here on the road. You want to try to make some chaos for him. But I'll tell you what, Coach Hillary said this. I mean, I, I mean, he's got the better football, of course, than I do. 
But I think special teams is really important in this game. I think both teams have good special teams, good coverage, dangerous returners, and sometimes that can be the difference, you know, in a football game. That, I mean, that's what happened to us when we were at BYU. I mean, big special teams mistake kind of cost us in a close football game, and sometimes it's those plays that are the difference. That's right. Mark Daniels, UCF play-by-play. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate the time, and have a good call tomorrow. Okay, guys. Thank you. Take care now. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, special teams, he's right. BYU returned to kickoff for a touchdown, Cody Hoff in 2011. Yep. The next time BYU did that was Adam Hine against Virginia. Yep. And a muffed punt by it's UCF a yielded a touchdown great, for BYU. Great point. Scott Arlano. Your homeboy. My Kick, homie. Kickers are people too, right? Punters are people. Not kickers. Just punters? Just punters. Just punters are people too. Samson and Bingham are so mad at you right oh, now. He, oh, I, I saw him on the <laughs> sideline. He was mad at me. I had a run. How do you get ready in two days for UCF? We discuss next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Friday, October 17th at 9 Eastern time, boom shakalaka! Boom! Live from the Smithfield House, get to know the men and women's hoops teams. Can't wait for that. Spencer and I will be hosting that. We are pumped. I thought Uh, I was doing that. Ooh, this is awkward. (laughs) Friday, October 17th, (laughs) 9 Eastern time. Oh, I think you're on at 8 Eastern, something like that. Yeah. Hey, our Twitter question is, what is a realistic <laughs> expectation for BYU at UCF? At ChaiSox underscore Hawks says. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like Chicago Sox. Yeah. Oh, White okay. Sox. Okay. I get it now. I think. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. a little bit slow. But I'm just guessing. Concussions. Yes, we. Yeah, seriously. Another day. Yes, we <laughs> should expect BYU to beat UCF. BYU still has a lot of talent on offense. BYU defense will get things turned around. I feel that way, too. I feel that BYU has a really talented group on both sides of the ball and that Jamal Williams and those receivers, Leslie, Matthews, those guys can carry. By the way, an update on Nick Kurtz and more from this uh, tomorrow with Bronco Mendenhall uh, is one-on-one with Spencer Linton. Nick Kurtz played three plays. What? But BYU can still redshirt him. They have until tomorrow to decide that. Oh, please redshirt A redshirt is still possible Red for Nick Kurtz, according to Bronco Mendel. They should redshirt him. said that to Spencer last I night. would redshirt him. More, I, I would too. And red pants. More from red that socks. conversation tomorrow. Red cleats. On BYU Sports Nation. Red gloves. BYU, <laughs> half the time I'm like, sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> BYU has a Thursday game, a quick turnaround. We, before the season, we said, that, that's dangerous. Good team yep. on a Thursday night. I know UCF hasn't been the same in an anemic offense, but it's a Thursday. BYU doesn't practice on Sunday. They didn't practice on, uh, officially on Saturday. They may right. have come in and watched some film. Maybe some film, yeah, here and there. But Monday and Tuesday, they are currently in the air right now on the way uh, to Orlando. They left about 15 minutes ago. How in the world, Brian, does BYU get ready for UCF in two days? Man. Two full it, practices it, at home. Extreme, extremely hard. You, you really have to watch a lot more film, you know, because you're limited in the amount of reps that you get on, on, you know, on the field at practice. And so you have to make up that time uh, with more mental reps. So, you know, walk into class, making sure you, you have iPads now. So walk into class, you, you know, you can watch it. Uh, maybe while you're in class. No, that's bad. That's what I did. I watched film in class. No, but that more, never happened. More and what? more and more mental reps. Even even the first string guys, when you're on the sideline in practice and the second and third string guys are getting reps, you got to be just as engaged as they are but the, to, get, to get more reps. But they don't get the iPads. We they don't, Only nope. the two deep get the nope, iPads. Nope, they don't get the iPads. So if you're sad, a third stringer, how in the day. world are you supposed well, to get Actually, if you're a third string, you probably wouldn't be. You're, you're actually on the scout team. 
you know, you're, you probably wouldn't be practicing. Just so, just the ones and twos. But those guys really have to be involved, that much more involved. You can't really take a break and, and take a swig of Gatorade. You have to really try to put yourself in that situation. Know what Coach Howell is calling uh, on the sideline and put yourself in a mental situation of what you can and can't do. So that's what, from a player's perspective, that's what that's what you can do to to prepare yourself. From a coaching uh, perspective, you know, defensively, right. It's the pass rush and it's the it's the secondary play, you know how how can I, you know, teach these guys how to be more focused, how to keep their eyes on the prize? How do I? Sky Pullman you know, called it dirty eyes, dirty eyes, the secondary <laughs> in the backfield, dirty eyes. Oh, I'll get that one, man. Dirty, dirty eyes. Well, the first thing is I, I think that the DBs will be fine. It's little things like Sky said, dirty eyes, right? It's very easy to take your eyes from to the right to the left. That's that's simple and easy. But my 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 big my bigger concern is the pass rush, and we talked about Coach Howell doing a number of different things, like like creating more blitzes, taking guys, taking nickel blitzing him, or uh, you know sh- disguising a certain coverage or a look for the quarterback, uh, and then bringing somebody totally different, you know things like that. That's very hard for Coach Howell to implement. For two days, because I have to implement, oh, I, have to, I have to teach yeah. it, I have to show it to you, right, and 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 talk to you about it. Then you have to go and practice it on the field, and then after that practice, I have to tweak and and and, and tweak it and say, this is what you did wrong, this is what you guys did right. Oh, and, and it's the not game's enough tomorrow. Reps. Oh yeah. Oh, and by the way, yeah, yeah, the game's tomorrow. So it's not enough time to do that. Oh my goodness. So what Nick- are your other options? I don't know. That's why I wonder what's going on because yeah. Nick Cal not only has to coach the, def- the uh, be the D coordinator. He has to work with that secondary this week. Yep, exactly. That is a lot on his plate. It'd that be is. enough to just do the secondary. Exactly. It, 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 Let exactly. alone, how do we get to the quarterback? You know, you know, and that was that was one thing that that I really had a question on. To, you know, was was man, he's the, he's a D coordinator, so he's putting all you know the schemes and the X's and O's together. But you know, what about what about his individual guy? These guys individually. You know, how can he have time to work with with those guys? And so it's That's a, it's why a, Bronco it's a, gave it's a it up so yeah. he could have the one on one. So he can, so he can, right? so he can have it. Yeah. And so then you, then you got to think about the injuries, right? The potent, the guys potentially oh. that that aren't starting. Let's review that just so everyone remembers: Alani Fua, Dallin Levitt, Braden Kersley with ankles, Michael Alisa concussion. Yeah. Uh, Kersley is uh, doubtful, and then Fua, Levitt, and Elisa are questionable. So you talk we about, still don't know. What if Down Levitt's not in the you, secondary? You, yeah. What if Lonnie Fua's not in the What do you do? How can, I, how can I bring some more pass rate? I don't got a Lonnie. How, how is my secondary going to cover good? I don't have Dallin. That, guys are going to have to make plays, what and it's still TBD do? on who those guys are. Just blitz everybody. Bring <laughs> the house. This isn't a video game, bring man. Bring the house. Coming up, man who, coverage. Gets, who gets the rise and shout in your tweets? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Brian Logan, hanging out. Future guests coming up this week. ESPN's Reese Davis. Reese's Peasies. That's going to be great. Spencer Linton from Orlando will join us as well as BYU and UCF. Duke it out tomorrow night. Big game for BYU. We'll react to it Friday. It's a Logan takeover, by the way, the rest Huge of the week. Huge game. I wish I could take that game over. In the secondary, <laughs> I can't. I can't. out there, man. They wouldn't. They'd be. They'd notice me so easily. I can get away because I'm black and there's black people in the secondary. But they're like, wait a minute. How come you're like five feet small? <laughs> and it's at this point that I say something else. <laughs> Today's rise and shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Helping you need most. DexterLaw.com. Yesterday we saw something amazing in our pre-production meetings. Amazing. We look amazing. amazing. We looked out. We looked outside and we saw Waldo. Waldo. He got yeah, uh, hat, striped shirt, cane. We founded him. 
pan- yeah, sure. Ed- Edgemacated at BYU. We found Edgem- him. We saw him a couple times. So Ryzen Shout goes to Waldo. He's Waldo. on BYU's campus. Yeah. We found you. We, we gon' find you. you. We, we gon' find, find you. That happened. That was, yes, that was perfect. That ju- we we that did not plan happened. that, people. Listen, I don't that, dance, but I can do that, that with is, you. That is chemistry right there. That's what that is. Today's Twitter question. What is a realistic expectation for BYU at UCF? For a final time, let's go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. We gon' find you. At David Wrencher. <laughs> our Miami winner. Our, uh, take your fandom to South Beach Ooh. winner. Yesterday, it was great to talk to him. Grats. Come on, man. BYU wins at UCF. Duh. Yeah. Listen, there's player perspective, and then there's, like, big picture, and that's what I'm talking about. Yes. If you're all in on, like, BYU has to win this game or everything is over, I don't like that perspective. No. Nope. I think if BYU's 4-2 and two and you see good things out of Christian Stewart, look, you could go 5-1 and one yep. in the last part of the schedule and finish the regular season 9-3. and three. You, I think that would be really good. That is good. The other approach, that's really, that's really stressful, man. Stressful. I don't – now, it's, that's worse than stressful. That's worse than stressful. What it's, is stressful? See, see, I put my hand on my neck when I said it. Scress- like, that's, it's stressful, man. That's worse <laughs> than stressful. Making up words. That's what happens here. <laughs> At Zach Hicken. Stu and the receivers begin to click. Defense gets beat through the air, but the offense does enough to win. Ooh, Hashtag so optimistic. Shootout, maybe? Okay, here's, here's what I hope happens on Thursday. That people besides Christian Stewart make plays to win. Yes. And I'm not talking about guys on the offense. I'm talking about the defense, defense. forced turnovers, which in the last three games they forced one interception and one fumble. More than That's that. That's not good. I, I think you need to go plus two in turnover margin to win. Yep. And special teams, you have something special. Your boy Scott Arlano is good. Adam Hine has a good kickoff good return. Up, yep. Punt returns is solid from Devon All Blackman. three Some phases. of that stuff. All three phases. Can BYU win if special teams isn't good? Nope. You, you you have to make a team drive on you, and, and you look at the Houston game with with UCF, and they cannot drive. They cannot drive. They, they'll beat you with wins, big plays. Virginia probably wins the game if Scott Orlando doesn't have the game of his life. Yes, he does. And BYU's not plus two in turnover. Yes, Marge. yes, he does. Because they put up thirty three, and it was still there was still they a still, chance. Yeah, they still almost lost. There was still a chance. All phases of the game at Big Uncle Pooh. I expect to see some pressure on the UCF quarterback. And I expect Jamal to get 20-plus. Pressure, pressure. That sounds good to me. Hey, thanks to Andrew Rich, Mark Daniels, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show is on demand on BYUsportsNation.com and BYUtv.org. Yeah, you throw stuff. Esther will catch it. For Brian Logan, I'm Jerem Jordan. Shout out to Will Snow. Sorry, that was a softball. BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) You threw the autographed softball? Sorry. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Reese Davis on the show. Throw the football, man. (laughs) 